Hey guys, thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast this week. I'm Tyler. And I'm Jessica. And this is Coenology, where we take some time to just talk about everyday life. We're excited for you to join us this week, and we hope that you'll take some time to like us on Facebook, visit our website, coenology.podbean.com, and follow us on your favorite podcast listening app. If you want to go ahead and leave us a comment or a review, we would greatly appreciate it. For those of you who know us, you know that we're here to tell our story. And for those of you who don't know us, we hope that you'll take some time to listen. Take a moment and go back and listen to our previous episodes. Our goal is not to become the most popular podcast out there, but to hopefully say something that will sow a seed into your life and that our journey can then become a part of yours. If you don't like what we have to say, that's okay. Keep listening anyways. Your opinion might change. This week, we're going to take a moment and talk about the difference between journey and destination and how our perspective on life in general has shifted. Then we're going to take some time and talk about one of our biggest problems, our mouth, and how we should probably start watching it. And have you ever thought about how we say, watch your mouth? We got two eyeballs and we can see, but you can't see your mouth. And then we have a special guest and a friend who is here with us this week, and we want to take a moment and give her a shout out. It's so good to have Kaylee Waters with us all the way from Tennessee. Hey, Kaylee. Hey. Her and her husband, Josh, and their family serve as the creative arts pastors at Greater Vision Church in Troy, Tennessee. Shout out to Josh for watching the churn. (laughs) We want her to be able to share some of her story and what God has done for her and her family in their life as they've served in ministry. We thought it would be a great idea to include her on this podcast as it was on our journey that we met her and Josh, and God allowed us to meet, and we have loved and appreciated their friendship to us over the last five years. And of course, we'll end with a challenge for you in hopes that it will leave you thinking and reflecting throughout the week. As we begin this week, I have a question for you. Are you more concerned with the destination or with the journey? Many times as believers, we place our emphasis on heaven. We talk about the mansions and we talk about the streets of gold and being in the presence of God. But what about the journey? Destination is more of a culture thing than it is a kingdom thing. Our culture is, our culture is not. (laughs) (laughs) Where was you going? Sorry for that mishap. Okay, so anyway, culture that we live in wires us for destination. One grade to the next, elementary to middle, and middle to high school, then to college, associates to bachelors, and bachelors to masters, and then masters to doctoral, single to married, and then married to children, working until retirement. But the destination is not enough. It is not enough to just get there because if you notice, the ribbon just keeps getting pushed back. We work ourselves up to the next thing just to move to the next thing further down the road. It is not just about the destination of reaching the next milestone. It is about what happens on the journey along the way. We can place our focus on heaven, but God has sent heaven here for a reason, a purpose. We have work to do. In Matthew 9, 35 to 38. It says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom 
and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Have you ever tried to work with a messed up mind? Um, wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> Let's take a moment and look at mindset and how important it is on our journey as we make our way to destination. If we would be more concerned about the journey, we would be more selective of the destination. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 2. Girl, that's the wrong scripture. <laughs> Try again. Nope. Speaking of mindset, there's a problem. Anyways, <laughs> they'll try to get in. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. That's what it says. Take every thought captive. That's right. You have to take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. Girl, you come on in here preach. <laughs> so in counseling, you know what people are thinking by what they say. And if you've ever thought about it, I know you've probably heard it before, but there's always a little bit of truth in every just kidding. And if you'll walk around and you'll start listening to what people say, or if you'll listen to what you say, it will give you an insight into how you truly feel. Hold on. You, you, we were talking about mind earlier and you don't, it, it can be what you think because what you think, if you don't fix that is he said, take every thought captive. Exactly. So it's what people say but it starts that indicates what they're thinking and that's kind of where we're headed in this podcast is that we have a lot of people who walk around and they talk but they're not really understanding what their words are doing for their journey they're not understanding that as they live each and every day they're not experiencing the fullness of Christ along this journey because they're really killing the journey with their mouth. Well, the Bible yeah. says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So I also think a lot of people don't truly understand that we have the capability of capturing, truly capturing that thought and replacing it with a truth yeah. that Christ thinks. Girl. Because that's, I mean, that's really, it, it takes, it took me a long time to realize like you can actually stop that thought and yes. to replace it with God's truth about that whatever situation it is. So that's something that I'm I've learned just this year, starting in January. And for the listeners, I do not apologize for as many times as I probably will talk about this. But I have really been very concentrating on the mindset and changing it. And I did not realize until this year that you can actually have mass produced in your brain. From negative thoughts and that is the one thing that can heal itself by replacing negativity with positivity yeah so like you said power of life and death are in your tongue that's in scripture proverbs 18 and 21 we walk around so often speaking death and what we don't realize is that as we're focused on our destination we're missing the power of the journey because we are killing our journey with the negative mouth that we have. We call this watch your mouth. And if you take a moment and you think about what it means to actually watch your mouth, it doesn't really make sense. Like you can't see it unless you stand in a mirror. That's right. 
Unless you do like what Kaylee did while I go in when she struggle. But if you listen to your mouth, you'll start to have an insight into your soul. And then you'll start to see just how much negative you're producing as an individual. Or maybe you're not the negative individual, but you hang out with those that are. You might need to get a change of scenery if you feel as though you're constantly being weighed down. My mama said, you are what you hang out with. Yeah. That's true. I've been around negative people like that. I mean, that is all that comes out of their mouths. And after you are finished hanging out with that person, that's all you feel is negativity. Yeah, like, and it's exhausting. And it, it really almost filters into you and you bec- start becoming negative. And that's why we have to be so careful of who we surround ourselves with. Words are so important. And I think that there's a lot to be said with that one particular sentence because it's the word that created all things. It's the word that we're built upon. It's the word that produced the world that we live in. And so what word do you have speaking into your life? I want to ask you a question and I want you as the listener to think about it. How many times do you have to bite your tongue to stop your word? Do you ever get in situations where you have to hold back your word because you know that it might not be the best for you to say what it is that you feel in that particular circumstance? Are we speaking messages of hope and kindness, praise and positivity, or are we being Debbie Downers and messages of death? The Bible says there is life and death in the power of the tongue, as we just talked about. So are you bringing life or are you bringing death? Not just to you and yours, but to others. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 18 says, therefore, encourage one another with the word. What you think shapes who you are. Your thoughts control your direction of your life. If you want a new direction in life, it starts by a change in your mind. I th- can I say something? Girl, yeah. you better say something. Okay. I think, too, like, that's a huge thing, too, with when we're praying for, like, our family and our friends. Uh, of course, like, in my situation, like, the things that I've gone through and the people that I'm still praying for in my life. There have been so many times where I have spoken so negatively about the situation and that helped none. Like it truly was hurting them more than it was helping. And I have to check myself and say, my words could literally send them, I mean, to a, to an even worse place, you know? like Yeah, so what you said the other day, or whenever I picked you up from the airport, we just had not seen each other, really. So we just started, like, it was, like, verbal diarrhea. We just started talking. But Did you just say diarrhea on my pocket? <laughs> it was verbal. It was word, word diarrhea. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but she said something that was so big that I was like, oh, wow. Because it's not just like members of the church, but it really and truly comes from the pulpit too. She said, I'm going to let you say it about, they said again for the people in the back (laughs) about how you just give up and you don't, you don't stand on the word of God and you just say, well, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and the answer hasn't come. So I'm going to love them where they're at. I'm going to accept them where they're at. You you become so comfortable with accepting the lifestyle that they're living or um, whatever it may be that you completely just quit praying for that person and it becomes just like a complacency but who is gonna fight and intercede for them if we're not going to and our words matter and that authority that God has given us to pray that should be positive words that are coming out (laughs) of you know our mouths it becomes a complacency and um, we just quit praying for that person and God doesn't want us to just sit back and accept somebody 
where they're at. He wants us to use our words and the power and the authority that he has given us to pray for the people that are hurting and the people that are in addictions and, and struggling and let those words bring life. Because if we don't do that for them and intercede for them, who else is going to? Nobody. I don't want to air any of your laundry out. That's your laundry to be able to air out. But if you want to maybe share a little bit about what you just talked about and the reason that you're here this week, how has what you just mentioned played into your own life? It's been, it's been a journey, that's for sure. Um, and it has been part of my journey. I don't really view anything that I've gone through as just going from destination to destination. It's been more so of a learning journey. And I'm in Georgia this week. I'm visiting with my sister and... It just has so many thoughts coming back, I guess, about learning like to love the people in my life where they're at, um, especially with my mother. Um, And she is one who raised me in church, her and my father, and built that foundation of Christ for us and how important our relationship with Christ is. And I think it's so funny how God, you know, works. I posted this on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, but like, I just have had such a heaviness for my mom. And I will be honest, I have been the worst at being constant and consistent and praying for her because I had gotten comfortable. So do you feel like you go back and forth between feeling like you have the authority to speak to the demons that she fights and then at the same time battling with the exhaustion of just loving her where she's at. Absolutely. I think it is definitely a mental battle going back and forth because I've watched this now for the past 20 plus years. Well, you haven't only watched it, you've fought it. And when you're fighting a spiritual battle, it's hard. I mean, it's more tiresome. It's more tiresome than um, a a regular battle. It is. It it is. And like I was telling Jess after she picked us up from the airport, it's become more of, you know, I used to be so broken and I used to feel like the pain of all of it. And that doesn't mean that I don't still miss my mother. Like I miss her. But now I have such a heaviness for her soul. Like her soul is what I know that I have to be praying for because one day I want to see her in heaven. I don't want to see her die and go, you know, to hell and not ever be able to see her again. And so it's like God, like quickened my spirit, like Kaylee, the words that come out of your mouth have power and authority. And remember your mother is the one that taught you about Mm. the power and authority that you can pray with. And it, for instance, like she would used to tell us like when there were storms, like you can pray over that storm and, Girl, and say that, that it's yesterday. gone. And I did, I did, <laughs> I did do that yesterday, but I just, you know, I want to never forget and never take it, have a day where, where I go back to settling for just the life that they're living and be okay with it because I want to fight and pray as much as I can and use those words positively. So you said something there that I want to bring into perspective about sort of what we talked about last week and identity and being three in one. You talked about your mother, but then you made reference to just specifically her soul. And that kind of brings it back home that if we're created in the image of God, we really are three in one. And when you can reference someone and then turn around and reference their soul, you can almost see a disconnect there. And as believers, we have to get it in our mindset that 
our main focus is to counsel, is to pour into, is to speak life to, is to be concerned with the soul. The scripture I read earlier, the harvest, that's the soul. Yeah. And if it's not our main goal to focus on the souls of individuals around us, then what are we doing? I want to take a moment and read one of my favorite scriptures or what has become one of my favorite. I say that a lot. I think they're all my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) In John 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So with that particular scripture, when it it mentions a lot about word there, and for those that are listening that are not familiar, this particular reference to word is actually referencing Jesus Christ. If you move on down through scripture there, it will say the word became flesh. Well, in the beginning was the word, and then eventually word became flesh. Okay, so I've been in church my whole life. And when we were in revival in January of this year, when that preacher preached it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And that is a very good example of religion and relationship because I did not ever put that together that the word became flesh. Yeah. Like I told you, you looked at me like you had that I had lost my mind. Well, if you think about the significant impact of that, if we are created in the image of God, word becomes flesh. How much flesh have you spoken in your life with your word? And wow. yeah, and That's not good, good not deep. good flesh. Yeah. When you talk about your particular situation, Kaylee, you you reference almost a shift in word. What you used to say versus what you say now. I will just accept them for who they are that's one word but now no i'm not going to accept that it's a different word yeah and so which one of those gets to come to flesh the the one that uh is not settling and is not accepting what's happening but the one fighting i believe it's the one that you speak yeah because if there's power of life and death in your tongue if you will watch your mouth yeah then you'll get to see where it brings life and where it brings death. Yeah. We create so many problems for ourselves Mm -hmm. that are just so unnecessary to look back and see all of the words that we have spoken and all the problems we've created for ourselves. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I say that all the time. I'm my biggest problem. We're our own worst enemy. Yes. And a lot of it has to do with our, it's with our mouth. Mm-hmm. Our mouth is almost, it almost has a disconnect between the truth and what we're speaking. It's mm-hmm. almost, and you don't want to think that you're walking around lying all the time, but If you're not walking around speaking truth from the word of God, you're walking around lying all the time. Yeah. The word says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Well, if you just spent all day talking about that weapon that's whooping your hind end, 
then you did not say that in truth. Yeah. You accepted that word and spoke death over your situation. Which goes back to taking those thoughts captive. Right. But I believe one of the biggest reasons that we're not able to get a handle on this is because we're more focused on the destination than the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You miss the ride in the car. You miss the walk to wherever you're walking to. You miss the bike ride across the road. You miss all of these little journeys because you're only focused on trying to get to your destination. And it's really sad to think that you were supposed to get something along the way that makes you ready for your destination. Yeah, that's a huge thing that me and Josh have um, come to that realization, you know, of how when we first started full-time ministry, we kind of went from destination to destination to destination, and we thought, okay, this is where God wants us to go next. And then to look back and see that it really truly was about the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, we have been in some places to where we fought and we fought hard to get to our next destination, so to speak. But we look back and now it's like, we are so thankful for that journey of where we were at because there was so much growth done in those times Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, going from place to place, so to speak. And do you feel like during those times when you were stuck in that moment of feeling like, Lord, I can't even hear you right now, or what is going on? For those of you listening, it may not be a change in church. Yeah. It may be whatever situation you feel stuck in I'm or feel job or, yeah, yeah. unsure about. Whatever it is, whatever that moment is, it still applies to you. So for you in particular, could you find yourself almost being negative in your speech while you were stuck? But now looking back on it, you think to yourself, wow, I have a change in word now. And I wished I maybe would have had that change in word then, and I might not have had to stay as long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think, like I said, you know, we create more problems for ourselves. And that's by, you know, if we were, we would have just truly focused on, okay, what are we getting out of this? What is God trying to teach us through this time? And I'm only, you know, specifying the ones that were hard for us. And I know everybody that's in ministry goes through those hard times, you know, where you feel like, okay, God, I might've missed it, you know, but we didn't miss it because he had a purpose for us along that journey to say, okay, this is going to be hard, but we are, or not we, I'm sorry, (laughs) it's going to be hard, but I am going to teach you all of these things during this time. And it's going to make your journey so much more worth it when you do reach the destination that I have for you. I'm going to go back and I want you to stay with we are because we are is God. (laughs) I was going to say we are. That's true. We are. You, it took the whole father, the whole son and the whole Holy Ghost (laughs) to get you taught. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) It takes all three, right? It takes the Holy Spirit working in your life. It takes you getting to know God. It takes you looking at the example of Jesus and trying to figure out between all three of them, they're all God and it's all him. But whenever we apply it to our own life, it really and truly, it's mind blowing to think that it's his word that prevails. It's what his word said. Ultimately, it was your words that prolonged the process. And if we would get our words 
to line up with his words, we might not have to watch our mouth as much. You're right. That's true. You're exactly right. Jesus told the disciples to follow me. It was the vision through the journey that got them to their destination. Jesus said to the disciples, come follow me, journey with me. Watch, catch the vision, and then I will make you fishers of men. And then I'll bring your vision to life. What you can see, you can master. This friend is called a vision. You have to get to the point where you are okay to sit in the back of the room as long as you can see it. You get to a place where you're not comparing yourself to the one behind the pulpit, or behind the microphone, the one teaching the class, or leading the small group. As long as you can be a part of the journey, what you're doing is speaking life into what God has called you to do, fanning into flame the gift of God that is within you. A journey of becoming whole and gaining confidence in what you are called to do. When you share that, it brings my attention to this story that I love so much, and it's a start of one of my favorite disciples. It's a start of his journey. But I want you to look and pay attention to this scripture I want to share and how much his mouth matters in the start of his journey and how Jesus responds to him. So one day we have Peter and he's cleaning his fishing nets after a very unsuccessful day fishing. Jesus climbed onto his boat. I want to first stop right there and hone in on the fact that Jesus himself took an interest in Peter and what Peter liked to do. He used Peter's boat. He didn't need a boat. We just watched this episode of The Chosen <laughs> the other day, so that's can, what's going through my oh, mind. Oh, I love The Chosen. Yeah. He can walk on water. He doesn't need a boat, but he chose to stand on Peter's boat. And Jesus had offered some unusual instructions for Simon. It basically takes him and pushes him to the place of becoming a disciple using what it is that he does for a living. He told Simon Peter to push back out into the water and to cast his nets again. And with much hesitation, he did, as Jesus said, the nets filled up with fish and the massive amount of fish began to sink his boat. And when Peter realized this and who Jesus was, it brought him to his knees. But when I look at the scripture in Luke 5, verse 4 through 11, we can read and, and we see here that Jesus is speaking. And it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Peter, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And this is where Peter's mouth comes into play. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night, long enough and caught nothing. But at your word, I'll let down my nets again. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners. There were other people there watching. There were other people there that were part of this miracle that took place. They signaled to their partners to come out and help them. And they came out and they filled not only their boat, but the partner's boat as well. And whenever Peter realized this in who Jesus was, he fell to his knees and he said, go away from me because I'm sinful. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had that day. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. And so it's from that point that his journey begins. 
And it's from that point that his mouth will then start to play into his journey. If you see there, you can see where he was almost hesitant with his words. As far as what Jesus tells us to do in his word and the way we respond to it, we can see this in this story right here. Jesus tells us to love. Jesus tells us to go. Jesus tells us to preach. Jesus tells us to teach. And we always say we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. But that's because we have to watch our mouth. And we've got to realize that what we're speaking really hones in on what we need to be doing. We can do. We don't have to compare, as you said, to the person sitting behind the piano or the person teaching the class or the individuals on the podcast or the other podcast in the world. We don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. We can just focus on the catch he told us to catch. Yeah, Yeah, we were talking about that, about the anointing and you speak things like I want what she has or I want what he has and you don't know what they went through to get that I just want what God has for me and mine yeah I don't want to be what I I know y'all don't want to walk through our journey I love what this says and I think about it all the time how we're called to be Christians we're called to be Christ-like that's a word that we use to describe what it is that we're living like but I feel like sometimes on this journey we have the destination in mind and we're missing out on the journey, we're actually not taking in what God wants us to take in as we walk through this life. This says being a Christian is not about following the rules. It's about following a person. Mm. And so often we we are rule bound with everything that we do, but we forget that we're following a person. Yeah. We're for, we forget that it's not about asking Jesus to follow us, but about deciding to follow him. We always pray for Jesus to come and intervene in our situation, but maybe we should intervene in his situation. Maybe we should step into the plan he called us into instead of asking him to step into ours. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Our challenge for you this week is to stop and take a moment just to take in the journey. Allow it to be more about the moment that you're in rather than the moment you're trying to get to. Take some extra time this week to be in the moment. Start being mindful and understand that it is your mouth that you are using on this journey to help others get to the destination. Proverbs 6 and 12 says that a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with perverse mouth. And James 3 and 10 says that blessings and curses cannot come from the same mouth. So take a moment this week and listen to what it is that you're saying. Encourage others instead of enticing them. Uplift your neighbor instead of unraveling them. Speak life instead of death. Or just to keep it simple, watch your mouth. I just want to thank Jessica and Tyler for having me on their podcast this week. It has been such a pleasure and honor to be able to spend this time together talking about how we can watch our mouths and use it for the good and furthering the kingdom of God. I want to... Okay. Okay. Thank y'all so much for listening. I hope that you will continue to listen to my friend's podcast. Um, Go like them on Facebook and follow them. You can subscribe to their website, coenology.podbean.com.
And most importantly, share this with your friends. I look forward to being back with them again, hopefully soon, and Josh can join me. Hope you guys have a blessed week.